Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. The world, the crazy world we live in doesn't seem that crazy when I remind myself that God is in control. And I want to start today with Rob Louie. He's always um, my Tuesday go-to guy. He's my Washington, D.C. correspondent. I always look forward to hearing from him and what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. He is the executive editor at The Daily Signal. Really nice to have him on. Rob, welcome. Thanks, Bill. It's good to be with you. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know where we begin. <laughs> That's right. Seriously, I'm overwhelmed with what's going on. I, I literally have to stop stop watching some of the news because the images are too strong, and it affects me. I'm weepy half the day. It's a uh, I got to be careful. Well, and the cable news networks, of course, are spending 24 hours a day. It seems yes. uh, covering this. So I mean, it's really hard to escape, particularly if that's your normal viewing habit, as it is mine and probably most people in the news business, because that's just typically what we do to keep tabs on what's going on in the world. So I completely agree with you that it, it, it certainly can be overwhelming. I think in this uh, in this time, these past three weeks or so, uh, we need to seek out a, as many good news stories as possible, because frankly, otherwise, uh, it's easy to to fall into a state of depression about what's going on in the world. And uh, again, uh, it's it's really unnecessary uh, what uh, what Vladimir Putin continues to do, particularly his targeting of civilians. Uh, we've seen the loss of uh, life among journalists just in the mm-hmm. last uh, 24 hours or so. I think that that's been a wake up call for for some in the media. And so, uh, yeah, Bill, uh, it's uh, really, really demoralizing that this continues here. I did not expect it to, to do this. But, I mean, that's a sign that the Ukrainians are, are resisting and fighting. Uh, many people expected Ukraine to fall within 48 hours, including Putin himself. Uh, thought it would be a, a quick campaign, and that's not uh, certainly been the case. And I don't know what it's going to take at this point to get him to back off, but uh, certainly it's going to be an em- embarrassment uh, on him and, and, and the Russian people uh, yeah. for, for what's going on there. And it's, I looked at some of the humanitarian stories that have emerged, and I my, my heart does warm when I see all the things that are going on where people are just helping other people. It's beautiful. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. No, it, it certainly is. Uh, there are those uh, acts of human kindness that uh, happen uh, when people most need them, uh, helping neighbors, helping uh, friends, uh, people they might not even know. Uh, in a time when uh, they're uh, either in mourning because they've lost somebody or, you know, in some cases their their apartment or their, their home has been destroyed. So, yes, it's uh, it, it, war is a terrible thing. Uh, there's there's no doubt about that. And I don't know uh, when it will ultimately end. Uh, there's big news uh, in Washington tomorrow because uh, the Ukrainian president is is addressing uh, Congress. Uh, there will certainly be probably some members who want to take additional action and, and show support. And I hope that the Biden administration continues to do all they can uh, without putting uh, United States troops on the ground there uh, to to support the Ukrainian people, because uh, they certainly need it. And uh, and I think that as as the Russians continue to to march toward Kiev and other cities, uh, they uh, there's going to be a point where the Ukrainians uh, will be outmatched um, with this massive Russian force that's making its way into that country. Rob, sometimes when I read reports, I don't know what to believe I, I heard that um, 
Zelensky was saying that they've taken over a lot of the Russian equipment. They're basically su- supplying the Ukrainian army with um, military uh, equipment because the Russians have abandoned a bunch of stuff. I don't know what to believe when I hear stuff like that. It's really hard to decipher what is what is true and what is not. And, and this is... Um a challenge, particularly in a in a foreign news environment, right, where the information is already limited, uh, where we know Russia is a master at disinformation, uh, because that's, uh, you know, what they what they specialize in, as as are other authoritarian regimes like China. So, you know, it it is difficult, uh, Bill, and I would suggest for your listeners that they seek out multiple sources. Uh, don't believe what you're seeing on, on somebody's Facebook feed. Uh, try to go back to the original source. Uh, this is a time when I do think some of the fact-checking websites can be helpful. I'm critical of them when it comes to U.S. politics, but I think if they try to, to root out what's true and what's not true on uh, some of the foreign reporting, that can be helpful. There are some great sources. Uh, a former colleague of mine, Nolan Peterson, who for many years wrote for the Daily Signal, uh, provides real-time updates on Twitter and uh, and for the other dispatches that he, that he files. Uh, he's there in Ukraine. And, so, you know, there are there are people that I think you can can find to trust, but uh, you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's it's hard to know sometimes. And there have been plenty of stories debunked already, both from uh, Russia and Ukraine uh, that uh, that just aren't true. Mm-hmm. And in the town that you live in, uh, well, I'll just call it Washington, D.C., even though you live in Virginia. Let's talk a little bit about the information that's coming out for Americans on things like gas prices and how do we do accurate fact checking on some of the news and information we're receiving? Yes, well, that is a great question, and obviously, the, the the question about gas prices is directly, in many ways, tied to what's going on in in Russia. Unfortunately, I, I think here we are a week later. I remember you and I had this conversation last Tuesday, and I was, uh, you know, pleading with the Biden administration to to listen to the concerns of the American people who have already experienced record high inflation in their lifetimes and uh, and now are suffering uh, from these these gas prices, which uh, are, are stuck in the mid $4 range for the national average. So, uh, but the, the, so far the calls have not been heated. Uh, they have not uh, signaled, uh, let alone, you know, opened up new opportunities for oil exploration here in the United States. And I think until that happens, until we re- uh, release uh, some of the, the supply that we have available in our own country, it's difficult for us to bring down the price of gasoline. Um, unfortunately, uh, so much is tied into the cost of energy. Every all, the, the the food that we buy. Think of all the packaging mm-hmm. that, that is required. Um, and and it's not as easy as as switching over to electric vehicles and things like that because obviously the batteries in electric vehicles, you know, were dependent on China for for a lot of those minerals, and we're also dependent on on fossil fuels for the creation of those those cars and vehicles. So. Bill, I think that it's, um, you know, it's a it's a tough situation we're in. And in terms of, you know, helping your listeners navigate and find find the truth. Well, I mean, in, in, in many cases, I would I would suggest, uh, I mean, I'll give a plug for the Daily Signal here. I mean, that's what we strive to do each and every day. We're fortunate to have the backing of the Heritage Foundation and really knowledgeable policy experts in, in a lot of these areas. Uh, but I would say, you know, um, anytime that you can get information directly, uh, is always is always the best. Um, and again, this is not to criticize social media. I think social media is uh, has has done wondrous things in terms of making connections to people we might not otherwise be connected to. But a lot of the information that is, is shared uh, oftentimes can be manipulated easily. So that's why I say it's always best to go to the source directly 
and uh, get your news uh, from a place like Faith Radio or the Daily Signal. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a couple of questions about some of the gas prices and some of the claims that have been made uh, from the White House, like there's 9,000 permits to drill? So what does that mean, Rob? Sure. Well, there are uh, always um, uh, say, lease sales going on and, and other permits being issued. Uh, but the problem is that they've made it incredibly difficult for that to happen. I recently spoke to the Louisiana Attorney General, Jeff Landry, who had to sue on behalf of his state to have a lease sale. So, I mean, Bill, uh, you know, part of this is because it's been, their, their hand has been forced and they have no other choice but to go forward with some of these things. And now they're trying to put the best spin on it. Uh, But look at the president's action on day one, uh, which was to end the Keystone XL pipeline. Now, that could have been uh, speeding along, and, and, and I don't know exactly if it would have been completed or not at this point in time, but certainly the delays that uh, have now resulted from, from the president's action uh, have, have been a major setback. And so those are the types of things that I think the American people see, and they question why it was okay for the Biden administration to okay this pipeline from Russia but it wasn't okay to okay a pipeline in our own country. Um, And so it's just a head scratcher as to why he let one pipeline go through and not the other. Mm -hmm. And then there are other things. Uh, I mean, just just this uh, always constantly signaling that we're at war against fossil fuels when when in fact fossil fuels uh, in many cases are are the backbone of our economy and we couldn't do what we wanted to do. And all of the luxuries that we enjoy as Americans are really incumbent upon that. Um, There are, there we are, I am for, all of the above when it comes to energy sources, including renewables and solar and wind and everything that that you want to explore. But that doesn't mean we should exclude other sources of energy. And I think that that's exactly what this administration has done. Mm -hmm. So when we fill up at the gas station, should I be shaking my fist at Vladimir Putin? Well, again, I think he's partly to blame for this because uh, obviously that has caused disruptions. But I don't think he is the sole person to blame, which is what, what Biden has attempted to do. I think that uh, Biden himself uh, bears some of the responsibility. In fact, maybe bears most of the responsibility for, for what's happening here in the United States. Remember, Bill, that even before Putin uh, did what he did in Ukraine, uh, invaded Ukraine, uh, the prices were already on, the, on mm-hmm. the rise. So it's not really fair to entirely place the blame there. Although, again, I, I think Putin deserves a blame for a lot of things. I'm not trying to dismiss his actions at all. Uh, but there, is, there are things that we should be doing here in this country that, uh, that simply we, we've stopped doing. And you only have to go back and, and look at the policies of this administration to understand that it is, it is not – that, that I, I truly think that there are some – uh, um, probably in the radical left of the Democratic Party, who would like to see prices, gas prices go so high that they are able to then try to implement their Green New Deal and that agenda that will cost Americans more to consume energy. Uh, that is part of the strategy. Mm-hmm. If I'm not asking good questions to Rob Bluey, let me know what questions you'd like me to ask. I've got 877-933-2484 is the text line. I'm kind of sticking with the basics. We've got some gas prices and inflation, and I'm going to come back and ask him a little bit about inflation and food prices and uh, lots more. But if you have a question you'd like me to ask Rob on your behalf, let me know, 877-933-2484. Rob Bluey is the executive editor The Daily Signal. You can go to dailysignal.com.
So glad to have Rob Bluey on the show. He comes on Tuesdays to get my day started. He's my Washington, D.C. correspondent. I love um, his work, and he is a great thinker. He's always calm and measured, and he always offers, I think, a very well-balanced approach. And I, it's why I just love Rob Bluey. But, uh, Rob, if we can talk a little bit about uh, inflation and food prices, um, that's a big concern for everybody because all of us eat. We, we do, Bill, and <laughs> we like to eat here in this country, that is for sure, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think one of the things that it's important for us to remember, I started to make this point uh, before the break, is that we need fossil fuels to power so much of our economy, including everything that takes place when it comes to food. Think about the farms in this country and how they rely on uh, tractors and, and equipment that are, are you know, powered by, by energy. So I I think that what we're starting to see right now is only the beginning of what's going to become in a more, even in uh, higher prices at the grocery store. Uh, Right now, we are feeling the effects of about 8% inflation uh, over over the past year. And I think that those costs could go higher in the months to come. Uh, For instance, I was with with a farmer yesterday who explained to me that we are still uh, paying for last year's price of, of wheat in many cases. And when they go to, to sow the wheat for, for next year, it's even going to be higher than it is today. And so I don't want to scare your listeners, but I think that they should be prepared. And that's where I think it's going to start to really affect people because, you know, maybe you can make some adjustments, uh, particularly with with our much more flexible work environment where Companies seem more willing to let people work from home, so you don't have to pay as much for gas going on the commute. But everybody still needs to eat, and it's going to, uh, I think, uh, hurt us all in the pocketbooks uh, later this year. Mm-hmm. Question came in. Uh, would love to know what Rob um, knows about anything that has progressed about voter protection or voting fraud. Yeah, well, thank you. That's a great question. We, uh, we've had a lot of action at the state level, not so much at the federal, but I think that that's probably a good thing because we don't want the federal government micromanaging our state and local elections. That's not how our founders intended it, and uh, that's not what, uh, uh, how certainly uh, some of the proposals uh, that are coming out of Washington would go against that very, very foundational belief. Um, some states uh, to, to highlight, uh, obviously Georgia was uh, a, a big battleground uh, where you had the president, uh, former president Donald Trump weighing in uh, inappropriately in many cases uh, with his demands uh, that the secretary of state there uh, find 11,000 votes. And uh, and the Georgia um, lawmakers uh, went to work and they put in place uh, some good measures. Uh, is it perfect? No. I, I think that there's still probably work to do in that state. But uh, that was one of the battleground states that, that took action. Arizona was another one that passed several uh, election reform initiatives. And, you know, Bill, this is a, an obvious area of, of concern on the part of on the minds of many Americans. We see trust in our elections and voting uh, dropping, particularly among Republicans or conservatives who, you know, in, in some cases just don't feel that. What happened in, in uh, the, the last election, 2020, uh, was, was fair. Uh, similar trends in 2016 with uh, Democrats or liberals. So part of it's, you know, if your if you're candidate won or not. So one of the things that we've done at the Heritage Foundation is to create an election integrity scorecard. And we've assessed the state laws uh, across the country, given them grades, who's doing well, who needs to have uh, some improvements. And that your listeners can find it at heritage.org slash election scorecard. And you'll see ratings there for all 50 states. You'll also see 
an analysis of each state. So if you are in Minnesota and you want to see how Minnesota is doing, you can go to that state and, uh, and compare it to other states and see where it needs to improve. And, uh, and we even have model legislation for lawmakers if they wanted to download it and consider it in their state uh, legislature. Rob, thank you for that. That's very helpful. Um, let me ask you about the upcoming Supreme Court nominee hearings. When does that take place and what do you anticipate will happen? Well, we're we're gearing up for uh, for those next week. Uh, wow. It is going a very quick turnaround. Uh, maybe maybe we have a, a new standard in place uh, since the uh, Amy Coney Barrett hearings in, in 2020, when which was done in, in record time, given uh, the need to have that done before the presidential election that year. Uh, so the Democrats, uh, who you know are are in control of the Senate by uh, it's a 50-50 tie, but they have the tiebreaker. Uh, so really, unless there's a defection on the part of the Democrats, you can expect Judge Jackson uh, to be confirmed. Uh, they will have the hearings, as you indicated. The uh, big fireworks usually take place when the nominee herself uh, testifies. Uh, I expect there to be lots of questions about her judicial philosophy, probably questions about cases that she has decided, cases that have been overturned. She does have a high rate of having her cases overturned. I would expect that some of the Republican senators will quiz her about that. And of course, uh, it's always the guessing game. Uh, how much will the particular nominee reveal? Uh, recent nominees have not uh, tried to say a whole lot. Uh, they say that they don't want uh, their answers to color any future decisions they may make. And uh, with some big cases before the, the Supreme Court, including the Dobbs case, which will challenge the constitutionality of Roe v. Wade, uh, you better believe that she is going to probably be mum on some of those hot button issues. Mm-hmm. Virginia Allen uh, who's at thedailysignal.com, wrote an interesting piece on transgender ideology and how it is affecting women and girls. Well, yes, it it is. And as the, the father of a daughter myself, uh, you know, it's an issue that I worry about as well, because I think when our young girls are, are growing up and they're exposed to, to this information, I mean, we just had this big debate in Florida about this um, with, uh, with this, this legislation uh, that affected uh, kindergarten through third graders. It's uh, sad to believe that they would try to introduce uh, sexual concepts uh, to kids that young, Bill, but that's what's happening, unfortunately, in some of our schools. Uh, but what Virginia is concerned about is, uh, is, is what I think is on the minds of a lot of people. I mean, you see it in the case of this Leah Thomas, uh, the biological male who's competing against females at the University of Pennsylvania on the swim team. Uh, but you see it all across this country where, where young girls are being uh, cut out of uh, competitions because they no longer uh, can, can compete against these biological males who, uh, who claim to be transgender. So it's something that is, is certainly concerning. And I, I think more and more people are being, becoming aware of it uh, simply because they uh, see it ha- affecting uh, their own families and their own lives in many ways. Mm-hmm. So what's going on with big tech? There's always a good update on big tech. Oh, yes. Well, there, there certainly is. I mean, uh, aside from uh, some concerns that uh, I've expressed earlier about the information that, that you're seeing on, on platforms, uh, big tech continues to be problematic in, in many regards, particularly with censorship of, of conservative or Christian beliefs. Uh, I would have thought that by now some of these platforms would have uh, gotten their act together, but that is unfortunately not the case. Uh, it seems that uh, some of the uh, censorship with, re- with regard to COVID may be subsiding because, well, frankly, it seems that a lot of Democrats have tried to, to change their policies and change their minds when it comes to, uh, to COVID. 
but uh, the concerns can, can remain, Bill. And I think one of the things that we need to do is, and this is, this is a big uh, debate that's going on among the Republican Party in Washington, D.C. right now. It's what agenda will they have if they are elected uh, in, in a leadership role in, uh, later this year in 2022? A lot of the polls point to Republicans doing very well. There's a lot of dissatisfaction right now with the Biden administration and Democrats in Congress. But what is the Republican agenda? What is it going to look like? And this is one of the th- conversations that we want to engage in. I think that uh, one of the central pieces of that plank should be on big tech. It should be com- you know, c- uh, combating the social media censorship that unfortunately is, is too pervasive in today's society. And we need to know what those legislative proposals are going to be. Uh, we don't want this, I think, decided by some court someplace. We want our elected representatives making those decisions. Mm-hmm. Robert, another question that came in. Is there a call for an investigation into Russia underwriting environmentalists stopping fossil fuels? Oh, yes. Well, well, we know that Russia has been meddling in this area. I, I would fully support uh, further investigation on this. Uh, I, I don't think it stops at Russia. I think it probably <laughs> extends to, to, to China and some, some other entities as well. Uh, there is uh, there's no doubt that Russia would benefit uh, because of its, its vast energy uh, uh, market uh, to try to undermine what's going on in energy production here in the United States. Uh, you know, that is that is uh, certainly something that, that Russia, uh, I could see, uh, pr- pr- trying to do. And Russia, I, I think, would uh, certainly welcome uh, United Americans having to pay more for gas. Remember, what, before President Biden cut off the, 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 uh, the or put in place the sanctions on, on energy coming from Russia, the United States was was essentially giving billions of dollars to Russia, which essentially was funding its 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 war against Ukraine. I mean, it was just unfathomable that we would do this. So, yeah, Bill, uh, I think that there needs to be more reporting on this, and uh, we look forward to helping to expose some of that at the Daily Signal. Mm-hmm. Rob, just a minute a minute left. I'm curious if you would say a little bit more about what you anticipate the Congress uh, doing tomorrow when they hear from President Zelensky. Well, yes. Yeah, so there are proposals all over, all over the place, uh, and I'd say the most aggressive proposals are are lobbying the Biden administration for a no-fly zone. Uh, that is that is not a good idea. I think that that would provoke uh, uh, Russia to the point where we may very well find ourselves in World War III. Uh, and then there are other proposals which I think are probably more reasonable, uh, which includes you know providing more more. Uh, anti-aircraft missiles, uh, javelins uh, to to the Ukrainian people, uh, doing what we can, uh, you know, to uh, support them uh, through sanctions and and other means. Uh, but you have to remember that uh, that China is coming right back around, and there are other some, there are some other players. India has taken a, a neutral role in this conflict. So I mean, I think that there are ways to maybe apply pressures to some of those other countries uh, to maybe uh, get Putin to wake up and uh, and change his behavior. Rob, thank you so much. I hope you've been able to put away your sweaters and puffy jackets. Till next year. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. You bet. Rob Louie's been my guest, executive editor at The Daily Signal. We've got a lot of show coming up for you. Alex McFarland is next, and Jeff Verdorn, hour two. Be right back. Yeah.
Welcome back to the show. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you have just joined us, you missed a great hour, half hour with Rob Louie, and now we've got Dr. Alex McFarlane joining the program. Always look forward to talking to Alex. He is a great author and speaker and evangelist and apologist and communicator and always a calming voice. I think I said in the promo for today's show, if you need your jagged nerves calmed, he's the guy to help. Alex, welcome. Bill, you are so gracious. It's so true. You do more for my self-esteem. <laughs> you are such an encourager, my well, thank friend. you. Thank you. When I think of, um, I was talking to Rob Louie about, obviously, what's going on in Ukraine, and you wonder what's going on spiritually in the lives of some of these people being completely uprooted, uh, bombs going off, and you're thinking at any point in time, loved ones could be lost, you could lose your life, and what kind of thoughts people have about their end of life, and have they made peace with God? And I go right to uh, Acts 4.12, salvation is to be found through him alone in all the world. There is no one else whom God has given who can save us. Amen. That's right. You know, uh, my heart just breaks. Uh, Really, I've kind of, a time or two, Bill, been on the verge of tears reading about all of these precious people. I was reading this morning that... um, uh, 1.4 million refugees are trying to get into Poland, mm-hmm. and um, the the Poles themselves know something about suffering. Um, they're uh, minimum 60-hour wait in line to, to be processed. They think that within the next few weeks there'll be uh, at least a half million and maybe two million more refugees trying to get into various parts of Europe. But, um, you, you know, you were talking about have people made peace with God and where where their hearts are in the midst of these tragedies. And, you know, I think that, too. But the, the other thing that I was thinking about was, um, you know, Vladimir Putin and other uh, despots, miscreants, mm-hmm. dictators around the world. You know, where is their heart? Because, I mean, just to perpetuate these atrocities against fellow human beings, I mean, your your conscience has to pretty much be gone to do things like this. Would you agree? I, I would completely agree. I mean, when you see maternity hospitals being bombed and women who are pregnant being injured and sometimes harmed and and, and dying, I, I think hmm. what do you, your, your soul must be so wicked, must be, your yeah. heart must just be so void of anything kind, loving, uh, it, or true. Exactly. And and really, I mean, there there have been all sorts of conflicts throughout the latter part of the 20th century. But, I mean, this this is um, something that is reminiscent of World War II and Hitler and Hirohito. Uh, let me just say this. Sin is a reality. Uh, sin is real. That That's why we needed a Savior. That's why God himself took on a human body and came and scholars use the word incarnation, the mm-hmm. incarnation of Christ refers to the fact that, that God enfleshed himself so as to die on the cross and pay for our sins. And all, all of the, the great depth of pain that was involved in, in the atonement was due to the severity of sin. The reason I say that, Bill, um, periodically I've been at universities where professors would say, you know, sin isn't really real. Uh, wickedness and unrighteousness, uh, these things were dreamed up to scare people into coming to God or coming to the church. But no, 
Uh, I think what we've seen in the Ukraine over the last several weeks and other things uh, to which we could point, but certainly the events of the last few weeks show that, no, sin is an ontological reality. We needed a Savior because uh, just as, as good is real, evil is real, too. Bill, uh, we're living in a world of objective rights and wrongs, uh, darkness and light, salvation and lostness. I think this is proof positive that 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 there there is wickedness in the world. Mm-hmm. Alex, when we were in our staff meeting today, we were uh, talking about a comment that was made where a, a woman was saying that she was randomly going across the radio dial and she stumbled across Faith Radio and she ended up listening all day. And she said she was not in an active relationship with a church. And she said, everything I felt that I heard was felt like it was applying to me. I would love for you to comment on the, the drawing process that God the Father has when people are being drawn into a relationship. Wow. Well, well Bill, I rejoice that people are listening to Faith Radio and listening to you. And I want to say as a you know, you and I have been friends and colleagues now for a number of years, and I have such respect for you. I know you are a man of wisdom, and you're a man of God's truth. Uh, Faith Radio is very um, committed to broadcasting that which is true and that which is biblical. So if anyone happens to be um, scanning the radio dial, uh, let me just say you're, you're not hearing this by accident, and you're not hearing this randomly. Uh, God does love you. To everyone listening, I want to say that um, you, the, the, the draw you feel, you're feeling like you need to get right with God and you want to make peace with the Lord, that's the Holy Spirit drawing you. And so, Bill, you and I have said this, that uh, Jesus is as close by as a prayer, mm-hmm. and he is. And um, people have asked me, Bill, they'll say, you know, if I pray for such and such, will I get a yes? Friends, I'm going to tell you a prayer God has promised to answer with a yes. If you pray this prayer, I don't know about a car or a job or I don't know about a lot of things that we quest after, but I can promise you a prayer that will be answered in the affirmative, and that's called the salvation prayer. No matter what you've done, God will forgive it. No matter what has been done to you, Jesus can heal you. I promise what your heart is longing for, you will find in Jesus Christ. And so to everyone listening, make sure um, that your house is in order, as we often say. In other words, that you you have the Lord in your life. And the way you do that, the way you do that is you need to recognize a couple of things. You need to recognize something about Jesus, and you need to recognize something about yourself. Now, regarding the Lord Jesus, nobody else ever rose from the dead except Jesus. And he is able to forgive you. He is able to give you eternal life because he controls life. And so acknowledge, say, Lord, I do believe you are the Son of God. I I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. And I'm asking you to give me forgiveness and salvation. But then recognize this about yourself, that uh, we, we can't do enough good. 
We can't save ourselves. We need the Lord in our life and say, Lord, I, I admit that I'm a sinner. I would be helpless without you, Lord. And dear Jesus, please forgive me, save me, and from this day forward, be my, be my Savior and help me to follow you. And Bill, isn't it wonderful that the Bible promised I could give a dozen scriptures, but Jesus said if we turn to him, he will receive us. That was so well said, Alex. Thank you for that. It was a beautiful message, and I think it was very clear, and I think we, we, I never tire of a clear gospel presentation on the show. So thank you for that. I'm, I'm curious a little bit as to the evolution of your prayer life, you, Alex McFarland, who, um, you know, the Bible says, let your requests be made known to God. And I sometimes find myself, over the years, I've, I've changed a little bit how I pray. I always present my request to God, but I sometimes include in my requests the outcome I would like to see. And I sometimes think, is that uh, what, you, what you do as well? Or do you say, Lord, I need to trust you for the outcome? Because I don't know what the best outcome would be. Certainly, if somebody has ill health, you'd want recovery from ill health. If someone's finances are broken, you would want a, a restoration of that. But how do you? How has your prayer life evolved, Alex? Wow, uh, good question. And uh, Bill, I wish I could say that I was this, you know, spiritual person who just hmm. trusts God and always wants to subordinate my desires to God's. But uh, you know, it, it takes time, at least in my own life. It's taken time to realize that, you know, God God always knows best. Now, there are certain things that we pray for. You read in John 15 and 16, Jesus says, If you pray in my name according to my will, I will do it. Now, there are some things that um, we don't know whether it's God's will or not, but then there are things that overtly the Bible tells us are the will of God, that, that people be saved, that his kingdom come. Um, it is God's will. It is God's will that every born-again believer be increasingly conformed to the image of Christ. So when, when it's things like um, helping my sanctification— uh, to grow more like Jesus. I mean, God is going to help us with those things. Uh, the trouble is, I mean, there's a lot of things, and again, this is, I'm only speaking for my life, where um, it takes time to realize that God's way is the better way. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Garrison Keeler of a Prairie Home Companion. Mm-hmm. One time somebody asked him, what, what is God's will? And Garrison Keeler, and I thought this was brilliant. Um, he said, the will of God is that thing that you would have wanted for yourself if you had only been wise enough to, to know it. Now, i got to tell you, my wife has helped my prayer life because, you know, early in the ministry, we're, we're starting Truth for a New Generation. We're barely scraping by, and I'm just, you know, wringing my hands. Oh, Lord, help us pay the bills. And, and my wife, Angie, she would say, God has such great things. You have no idea if you would just trust God, how he would bless you. And, Bill, I didn't have any trouble believing that Jesus 
would forgive my sins and save my soul. But I, I was just convinced we were going to go broke and be indigent. We would never get this crusade paid for. I would never get to write a book, you know. And my wife gently and sometimes not so gently would, she would say, why don't you really believe God wants to bless you? Why don't you, why don't you trust that God wants to give you great things, you know? And I don't know, maybe it was part of my background growing up on a farm in poverty, but it took me a long time, Bill, to really believe and accept that, I'll put it this way, to give myself permission to believe that God really, really loved me. You know, mm. I mean, I, I've, I've always known ever since I was 21, when I was saved, I knew that Christ would be my Savior, but I think somehow I kind of like, I couldn't bring myself to believe that Jesus really, 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 really did love me. But here's what I've learned. God loves every one of his children and he delights in his children. And I would say, the reason I'm belaboring this, everybody listening, please give yourself permission to believe that you are valuable to God because you are. That's a good message, Alex. That is a good message. I think that would be a nice time to just take a short break. Dr. Alex McFarland is my guest. You can go to alexmcfarland.com to learn more about him. We'll be right back in just a minute. So glad to have Dr. Alex McFarland as my guest. He's a regular on the show and a friend and a wise, wise man. And Alex, since we went to break, all kinds of nice messages have come in. Got a nice message. What a good message full of hope and promises. And Shelley said, I think Alex grew up on the same farm I did. Same struggle. Wow. Well, <laughs> I love your listeners. I really do. And it's yeah. always a joy to hear from them. Mm-hmm. And prayers for my son. Uh, my son was in the army in Afghanistan. My prayer was to bring my son home safely. One morning, the question pops in my head, which home? Beautiful. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, um, one of the verses that gave me so much encouragement, I was thinking during the break, um, isn't it a blessing that Christianity is a relationship and we grow just as we learn communication with a dear friend or a spouse. Uh, you know, we learn communication with the Lord. And, uh, you know, Bill, if, if I have grown as a believer any over the last, you know, 30 plus years, a lot of it is due to the Bible. I mean, circumstances work in our lives, beloved Christian friends like my wife, Angie, like you. But predominantly what shapes every Christian, and that's certainly true in my case, it's got to be the Word of God. And, you know, I begin to see all these verses that, um, well, like 
uh, Matthew 6, verse 8, that says the Father knows what we need even before we ask. And isn't that wonderful? And Jesus said, fear not, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And, yeah, um, again, I don't want to talk about myself because, you know, I want to give glory to God. But somehow or another, as a brand-new believer, God just put in my heart to read the Word. And if I've grown at all, you know, if if my understanding of prayer and of the way Jesus works in our life is, uh, you know, anything good at all, it's just it's due to the Word of God. It really is, Bill. I would agree, Alex. And when you hear the expression, God loves you, and you're not a believer or you're just a new believer, it may be a real hard concept for you to understand. Once you spend time yeah. in the Word— the Word of God comes so alive in your heart that you understand completely what it means that God loves you. Exactly. Because, you know, really, um, love is the commitment to meet another person's need, but love is also to seek the highest good of another. And C.S. Lewis said this, you know, um, if people say, well, my life is hard, God obviously doesn't love me because I wish this this and that would happen. I, I want A, B, and C to be different. Well, C.S. Lewis said, you know, God loves us, and, you know, predominantly his love is working to bring us to a relationship with himself. Um, there was, have, have you ever heard of Sheldon Van Auken? Oh, yes. He, yeah, severe mercy. C.S. Lewis. Oh, my goodness. This has to be one of the most profound, wisest, book titles in history. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned my wife, Angie, a a nurse. She was a nurse, a brand new nurse when we were first married. And the the elderly, now in heaven, Sheldon Van Auken was Mm -hmm. actually one of her patients. No kidding. He was. Uh, Angie came home one day and she goes, and I had the book, A Severe Mercy. And she goes, oh, I know that man. He he comes to the doctor's office. I was like, what? what? He's a professor of English at Lynchburg College, and I was going to Liberty to grad school. But um, and yes, uh, and he talked about C.S. Lewis, and Angie said, yeah, we have a patient who says he knew C.S. Lewis. And I was like, yeah, right. Yeah. She goes, no, that man, Sheldon Van Auken. But the the book title, a severe mercy. See, God. God does love all people, but God's love is uh, thorough enough, righteous enough, and severe enough that God does what it takes to bring us to Jesus, short of overriding our free will. That's the one thing God won't do. He won't betray his word, he won't betray his nature, and he won't override our free will. But Lewis said this, if we're asking God, you know, God... Uh, when I wake up, let there be a million dollars in my bank account. You know, God, I I abuse my body, but let me be an Olympian anyway. Lewis said, you know, we're asking for less love, not more. See, God's love is perfect love, and he loves us so much that he's giving us maybe not things that we want, but but the thing that we most seriously need which is himself mm. and um but but I do think this that that we 
we do need to really believe God wants to bless us. And God wants us to be joyful. And God wants us to be in a position of, of thriving. And the, the greatest step anyone can ever take to the happiness you really seek is to, to truly say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to hand the steering wheel to you. Lord Jesus, be the Lord of my life, and I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to believe you for what is my best good, uh, not just my own agenda, because God, God's plans are good. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, uh, talk about the good plans God had for Israel and the good plans he has for us. And uh, I can't say I've always gotten it right, Bill, but I, I've learned this in 30 years. You, you honestly can trust Jesus. His, his plans for you are good. Mm-hmm. Alex, do you recall reading A Severe Mercy and at a certain point weeping uncontrollably, or was that just me? Uh, no, I um, <laughs> frequently. Okay. Uh, frequently. It, it is very moving. It's Not so only moving. The pain. Yeah, it is. There have been several books that, that moved me to tears. Uh, that one, A Severe Mercy, um, a lot of Lewis, like Surprised by Joy. Um, I'll tell you, folks, while we're recommending books, here's <laughs> one. I, I, and I, I know you well enough to know, I'm pretty sure you've read this, but it was called The Sacred Romance by John Eldridge. I did read that. And that's another one that, you know, see, the beautiful thing, I mean, God, it's not just cold propositional truth. Now, folks, a proposition is a truth claim. Like Bill Arnold and I are on the radio, and that that's a true statement because we are. And Christianity is based on some propositions. Jesus is the Son of God. He is. Jesus rose from the grave. He did. But, you know, more than just cold data, this is what's so exciting, and no other belief system can claim this, but the Christian message is that God is inviting you into a love story. Now, a love story that's broad enough to include masculine men, uh, feminine women, children, uh, the brilliant the creative, the artistic, no matter who you are, God wants to write you into his story. And the way that you you meet the author of the play is through his son, Jesus. And that's why we're moved. Certain, certain stories, certain compositions, certain um, works of art, uh, a sunset in the West, they move something in our soul because deep in our heart, we know there's something more. Um, and, and Bill, are you ever moved? I mean, like when we read about the banquet, the marriage supper of the Lamb, how uh, God invites us to a wedding. And people cry at weddings because I think deep in their soul, they know that, uh, you know, we can be a spouse to God. It, it's not just religion. This is a story, the greatest drama in history, and it's, it's playing out before our eyes. And if we give our heart to Jesus, we're a part of the story. 
Um, reality is is a powerful, riveting tapestry, isn't it, Bill? It is. It is. And you frame that so well. And, yeah, the the, the marriage, the uh, the wedding feast is, the, the whole thought of it is overwhelming to me. It is. Talk about exciting. It, yeah. It is. The king is coming. Yes. And how blessed we are to be one of his subjects. Amen. And we're just a month away from Easter as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, and I can't wait. Amen. 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 Alec, thanks for, spending, thanks for spending time with me. Always good to be with you. Uh, indeed. Uh, God bless you, and God bless the vital work of Faith Radio. Thank you. I appreciate that. Have a great rest of the day, and hello to Angie. Uh, bless you. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll, I'll convey your regards, and we'll talk soon. Thanks. Dr. Alex McFarland has been my guest. You can learn more about Alex at alexmcfarland.com. That's alexmcfarland.com. After a short break, we're going to go back to in the beginning. Jeff Verdorn is going to start on uh, our fourth in our, I think, four out of five on our episode six, maybe. Rosie's holding up her hands, maybe seven. Who knows? But anyway, we'll go in the beginning next with Jeff Verdorn. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.